right, so hey there. Welcome back to season two of The Fun Table. I'm Ryan, and joining me now is our newest member of The Fun Table, Brian. So say hello. Hey, what's up, guys? Brian and I go way back. We were roommates in college. We watched a ton of movies while we were in school together, lived together. So this should be fun. Everyone else is going to be joining us at some point throughout the season. Now, this season is going to be a little bit different. We kind of have a theme to this season. We're going to be choosing movies from 1986, 1991, 1996, 01, 06, 2011, 2016. So there's like every five years going back is what we're going to do. And since it's just the two of us tonight, we decided to go with actually one of our personal favorites. You want to tell them what it is? Absolutely. It's the Tom Hanks directorial debut, that thing you do. 1996 came out 25 years ago. And it's basically, it's a fictional 1960s one hit wonder rock and roll story. A bunch of recognizable faces in some of the like secondary characters, but some of the main characters kind of like whatever happened to and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later. But I just have to ask, first thing off, is this the best non-musical musical of our generation? That's a great question. Like it definitely doesn't play like a normal musical, right? There's really one song and then they th- they, they sprinkle in a few other songs. So I guess calling it a non-musical is a very apt term for what this was. And yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. But why, why, why do we love this movie? Like, what is it about this movie that, you know, I, I hate to use the word rewatchable, but it's so rewatchable. Absolutely, The rewatchability is just so like through the roof. And I don't know if that's because as we were growing up, this movie was like consistently on cable. It was on HBO. It felt like every single day. I mean, day. TNT definitely like, right. That this, this was like, right. this is like one of the TNT staples for a, for a while. It felt like, well, I think first of all, to have a movie centered around a song, the song has to be good. Right. And it's undeniable that this song is catchy AF. Oh yeah. It only takes a few bars and you're like, this is a good song. So I think that's like the main thing when you have a movie that center around, centers around music is the music itself has to be good, right? Which I think the, the music is is very Beatles-esque where it's extremely simple, but it's extremely catchy. One of the things that I just, I personally just love about this movie, aside from its rewatchability, it's just fun. It's simple. It's easy to follow. It's just, it's just like, a, it's a charming movie. Sure. It's, it's Tom. It feels like that's what Tom Hanks as a per, if Tom Hanks was a movie, that's what it'd be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like the male version of Meg Ryan. Just <laughs> cutesy, cutesy. Yeah, you've got male like incarnate. <laughs> he does such a good job. I, you know, it is his first director. It's his first feature film directorial. It's his directorial debut for a feature film. I think he doesn't like some other TV shows or whatnot. But like when it comes to a film, I mean that's kind of. Here's here's millions of dollars. Sure. It's on you. You wrote it. You're sure. producing it. It's your story. It's your original story. One of the things about this movie too is, you know, is so I watched it so many times growing up. I I want to say that my mom or dad or maybe it was even my grandmother like would stop and watch a couple of scenes from the movie and and they would tell me or I I know for a fact it was my grandmother now. She was like that is what the 60s looked like. Mm. He did such a good job of giving us what the 1960s look like from just like a very realistic perspective. But that's but that's odd in the sense that that appeals to like you and me cuz we we never even touched the 60s, right? Like Right. No. Like it's we're born cl- mid 80s. Right. So like why does that appeal to us? I don't know. I have no idea other than it's just it looks cool. And yeah. a lot of that that and and even I think I think the and we'll get to it a little bit later, but I think the movie aged incredibly well in the fact that 
like the set pieces, the furniture, everything like that. Well, also, it felt genuine in the movie, right? Like nothing seemed forced. It just seemed like the daily lives of teenagers in that time period, right? Right. Like they didn't like force feed you like, oh, there's like a space race or there's like the Cold War or like any of that stuff. It's just literally the daily life of teenage like i guess not daily because they obviously blew up as a band which is not daily life but like overall are they teenagers they have to be maybe not teenagers maybe like 20 they have to be early 20s right right definitely their fans are teenagers so like when you get that whole like they're crazed fans and even the ones at like pizza place or like the talent show like you feel like some of those kids are kids yeah exactly like like when the teens come in at the the end when they're closing up on their first night and uh, they're like, don't even try those IDs here, kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> Looking back at it, this movie came out in 96. 93, he wins the Oscar for Philadelphia. 94, he wins the Oscar for Forrest Gump. 95, Apollo 13 comes out. That's That's quite the run. Name a better run. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't have enough knowledge to to, to, to outdo that. I don't want to say because I didn't read this anywhere that it felt like maybe that directing was going to be like a new challenge for him. But to take on the reins of writing and then in directing, like we've touched on that, like his that's his kind of like breakout in that deal. But I would I, I would say it kind of kickstart the directorial side of him, but he didn't actually continue on with that. He got right back into like starring and you've got mail and, you know, the lady killers. We love that one. Oh, okay. Do you remember that one with Marlon? Yes, I do. I do. Yeah. (laughs) Feature film. First one ever for Tom Everett Scott, who plays Shades. Yeah. First ever on IMDb. It says it's the second, but it came out the same year. Feature film debut for Charlize Theron. That's I looked that up. That was crazy, right? Like that's her second film. I thought it would be one of the first ones for Giovanni Ribisi too, but he had a long career before that. He started in like 86. I always forget that he's in this movie. The number of people in this movie that you're like, they're in this? Right? Like uh, uh, Ron Howard's little brother. Clint? Clint. That's right. Clint Howard's yeah. in it. Brian Cranston plays Gus Grissom, the astronaut, when they're on like the Ed Sullivan-esque show. I forgot about that. I forgot about Clint. Um, the other DJ, he's the director of like Bridesmaids. He's he's the- Oh, Paul uh, Fake. Paul Fake. Paul, Paul Fake. Fake. Okay, yeah. yeah. yeah he's it. the skinny counselor yeah, yeah, in yeah, Heavyweights. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And he has it's like-, like Two bo- seconds bo- in this movie. Bony butt. <laughs> yeah. Casting wise of this movie, it's pretty freaking good. Well, I feel like at that point, you have to believe that Tom Hanks is like, hey, I'm directing a movie. And he talks to all his buddies and he's like, who wants to be in this thing? And they're like, I'll do it. Like, well, how many lines do I have? Like 10? Like, I'll, I'll do it. Right. But for the most part, everyone who has like a real, who's a, who would be a considered a quote unquote lead is virtually an unknown mm-hmm. or has done very, very few things. Mm-hmm. So I thought from that standpoint, pretty good. <laughs> I was when we when we were prepping for this, and I was rewatching it last night. First thing that came to mind was if you had asked me twenty five years ago, million dollars on the line, who do you think is gonna have a better career? Oh, for or sure. not necessarily better career, but like who would more impactful? Yeah, right. Sure. Liv Tyler or Charlize? Not even close. Right, I would have been like Liv Tyler all the way. Empire Records. When was Armageddon? Ninety eight. Yeah, like it looked like her star was on the rise. When was the first when was the first Lord of the Rings? Oh, one. I think. Okay, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, she hasn't had a bad career, but you know, 
I mean, she's she. I wouldn't necessarily call her an A lister, exactly. but I wouldn't necessarily I mean, call talk- her like a D lister either. No, you know what no, I mean? No, but like you know, what has she been in lately? Right. Right. As a matter of fact, I don't even know. I was just I was actually just thinking. Oh, she. I mean, she came out for like two seconds in Ad Astra. Oh, I know. I've never seen that movie. Oh, dude, you're missing out. Yeah, I'm right. that's uh. <laughs> I'm all right. My belt, Brad. How dare you diss Brad Pitt that way? I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I'm not on anybody's bone like that actor was. Oh, okay. Whatever. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Jonathan Sheck, Jimmy. Yes. That dude is so good looking. I don't know what happened after this movie that it just didn't click. I remember watching this movie with like, with a cousin of mine, and she just to this day still thinks he's like the most handsome man dude, in the his world. His jaw could crush walnuts. <laughs> Like, like it's you want to talk about a chiseled jaw, dear Lord, like, like I could have taken a pencil and drawn like two, uh, like two intersecting lines and that would be his jawline. Like it is just chiseled. But I was actually going to ask this question about that. Who's the most handsome man in the movie? And I would argue that it's not him. Oh, who would it be? I think the most handsome man in this movie is Uncle Bob. Uncle <laughs> His the most epic line. Yes. Wednesday. Yes. 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 He quotes whatever biblical verse, and the dude's right. just—he's just totally lost, and he's just like Wednesday. Luke, like, who's Luke? Yes. <laughs> Steve's on, dude. Okay, we'll get to, we'll get to all that. That that's yeah. all coming up later. But yeah, I think one of the funny things that everyone gives me shit for, at least last season is I, I love me some Oscars. I love the Oscars. You do talk about Oscars a lot, yes. This movie was actually nominated for an Oscar. Was it? It was. What do you know which one? Yes, I would love to know which ones. Best original song. It has to be. I mean, that's I mean, that's got to be like... I mean, how many movies are coming out with original songs like this? I'll tell you, the Academy got it wrong. And Go I'm a firm believer the Academy usually gets it right. But you know what movie or what song and movie it lost to? what oh it lost oh it lost it was okay, nominated okay, but it lost which was bullshit go ahead it lost to evita you must oh, love me dude you cannot like okay this is like the question of why does the academy not put in comedies and this is the same thing evita it's a poignant emotional cathartic like that's the cathartic moment in the movie this is just a song that plays over and over again in the movie. Like, you just can't beat that, dude. It's the drama versus the comedy, right? Like, drama's right. always going to win. Always, which sucks. It's stupid. And, and I want to get more into the song a little bit, but if you look back 25 years, 25th anniversary, 25th birthday of this movie, and you look back, how many times have you heard that song from, I, from Evita? How many times have you watched that movie? And that's one of the things, like, I'm sorry, but some of these award shows don't get right is the longevity of, sure. is this going to stand the test of time but that's like if you could do that you you would be on the psychic friends network like that's just it's like what are you asking them to do call me now for your free reading exactly what are you miss cleo yeah like, <laughs> like but i agree i mean i mean but who has that kind of foresight like at that moment in that time like i think that's what we like with oscars that's kind of like tough to not think about is it's just a snapshot in history right yeah i don't know i think that's one of those things that the academy could have i think maybe what market corrected or not market corrected but i guess what they they fixed it 
seven years later, eight or what, six, seven years later with eight mile mm. would lose yourself. That's a shocker, right? That's gotta be a shocker. I mean, like, I, no one thought that was going to win and it did. Yeah. But you look at it and it's like, oh, it oh makes it's, sense still, it it's still like mama's spaghetti. Like, come on, man. Arms weak. Yeah. Knees are heavy. Let's do it. I think we did that backwards. Nah, I don't even care. <laughs> I don't even care. I don't know. Um, I think a lot of times we look at movies and we kind of look through them in the lens of how we would be in the story, what kind of character we would be. So like, oh, yeah. like who would you see yourself as? Like who in the movie are you? When I, when I read this question on, on the outline, I, I literally struggled with this question so hard. If I had, if I had to, had to pick, I literally might categorize myself as Lenny with limits. I can see that. Like Lenny with limiters. Who cares? But like, let's have fun. But also, let's just not blow everything up. Like, right. <laughs> like, let's, Lenny, be, let's be realistic. Yeah, let's be Some realistic. Guy wants to put our song on the radio. But like, yeah, exactly. But You're what, are you, what are you guys asking about? Who cares? What the like? We're right. literally four dudes in a garage. Like, let's just do something. <laughs> like, I also know that if I was to put money in front of you and I ask, what is this? You would literally respond back with presidential flashcards. Like, that's <laughs> that's kind of like your wit. That's so, yeah. I mean, like Steve's on, I don't know if it was the writing. I mean, it obviously had to be some of the writing, but like he took that character and ran with it. Like the moment when they're on stage at the Ed, whatever the Ed Sullivan type show is, and he turns around to Guy Patterson and he's like, how did we get here? Right. Like that's such a real emotion. Before that, it was so funny because when he was talking to Del Paxson, he's like, yeah, we've been a band for like two months. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I was just like, from two months to like being on, on the precipice of stardom is so funny. And like everyone else just acted like it was kind of natural. But for Steve Zahn, he had like some perspective in the sense like this is nuts. And see, that's that's kind of one of the, the things about there's a kind of a couple of lines at the end where Tom Hanks says, you know, um, Phil was right. You are you're the smart one. You're the smart one. Lenny's the fool. I've always known that line of when Lenny says, how did we get here? Mm -hmm. It's such a, like you said, it's such a real emotion. It's such a, it's a great, it's a great piece of text by Tom Hanks to write that because that Mm -hmm. is a real question that sometimes people stop and ask themselves while they're going to do the tonight show is like, oh my God, I've made it. I'm here. Like they're like, they puke and like, Right. It's it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, actually, I don't think he's the f- and I think watching it in preparation for this is when I kind of really took a, a deeper look at it. And I was like, I don't you know, maybe Lenny's not the fool man. Lenny's the character that was like, hey, soak it all up because this shit might be gone here really quickly. Well, more than that, he's the first one that realized when guy started going faster. He's like, this is what it should be. Right. This is this is it. Everyone else is freaking out. I mean, guys in his own world. So like. He's not even really thinking like, oh, it should be faster. He just plays faster because he just feels it. But Lenny's the first one to like think about it and like, no, 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 this is this is it. This is what's going to get us to where we need to go. I'm going to sing right now because I need to get the other guys to sing, too. And like, I need to get everybody on board with this. Underrated character, the underrated character. If I had to choose a character that I was most like. I think you know this. I, I was in the drum line. I played, I've been playing the drums since I was 11. Matter sure. of fact, this movie came out the first year that I started playing the drums. So 96, we would have been like 12, we were, 11. Yeah, we were in okay. sixth grade. So I'd already done yep. like beginner band and sure. 
in seventh grade in 97, when this movie like started to hit cable and started to hit like the rentals, every kid in the world was like, can you, can you play that thing you do? And it's the easy. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. It's like the easiest thing in the world. Actually. It's really, it's just, it's super easy if you're a technical drummer, but at the same time, it just sounds really cool and it looks really cool. But I've been told by some yeah. that I can be a little controlling. Yeah. <laughs> you go upstairs and write alone in your principles. <laughs> so I don't know. But if you think about it, right, it's the combination of those two that drive the band in the sense that like Jimmy just wants to move forward. Guy just wants to play. Right. So it's like the combination of the two that really get them like to where to where they're going. You want to know something funny? Sure. This movie, it did not do well at the box office. Oh, I don't doubt that. But I, I used to, okay, I used to think that if a movie was really good, it would play on cable. So I assumed that that thing you do was just so good or made a lot of money, it would get played on cable. No, That's kind of what I'm, my thought yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. It had a 20, I, and this is, uh, numbers are just kind of estimated, had a $25 million budget and okay. made back like, it made like 26 between 26 and 30 if you count overseas. So it didn't make any money. It yeah. it broke even essentially. Sure, which is bad for a movie. But I wondered what movie did this go up against when it opened? So it opened October 4th, okay, of 1996. Okay. One of the best pieces of Disney IP came out that week. But it was the worst movie of that one. Can you guess which one it was? It was the worst movie? movie of the trilogy. It was a trilogy owned by Disney. Third movie came out. By far the worst movie. Mighty Ducks? Yes. Oh. D3. So D3 dominated it. And then um, a little uh, movie called The Glimmer Man. The great Steven Seagal, Damon Wayans, <laughs> Keenan Ivory Wayans. I don't, one of the Wayans brothers was in I, it. <laughs> that's awesome. But that beat that thing you do. That thing you do was like third. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> When Steven Seagal kicks your ass both in real life and at the box office, <laughs> you suck ass. But, you know, there's plenty of movies that bombed at the box office. Right, like right, right. Life in, 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 I don't know if syndication is the right word, but whatever word you want to call it. Like Boondocks. Right. No Did, one saw Boondocks. Yeah, but like everyone I feel like our age has seen that movie. Right. Okay, like not to go off on a tangent, but the first movie I saw when we went to college, like in in 03 when we went to college, my roommate or sweetmate was like, hey, you want to watch Boondock Saints? I was like, dude, I've never seen it. He's like, have you never seen Boondock Saints? So I had literally the same experience at St. Thomas. Like my first weekend, so we we had, um, St. Thomas had uh, your roommates, you had an adjoining balcony. Okay. So they came over and they're like, hey, there's this movie Boondock Saints. Y'all want to watch it? Me and Henry are like, who are these people entering our room? And we're like, I guess. And I watch. I'm like, this movie is amazing, right? <laughs> yeah, I had the exact same experience. That's so weird that it's like just so universal. Even though we went to like two very completely different schools. Yeah, our freshman year, I transferred to A and M later. Just just so everybody's clear, because Ryan said we were college roommates. I didn't want anybody to be confused. We met our sophomore year of college, I think. Yeah, it was that's our sophomore right. year of college. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. But yeah, freshman year. Uh, Move-in day. I'm pretty sure that's the movie my roommate and I watched. Yeah, like, I mean, it had to have been the first week that I watched that movie. That's weird. So, yeah, so even though a movie bombs at the box office, or doesn't do as well, and to be honest, I don't know what it was projected to do. I'm sure it was one of those movies, and and this is one of the things that I miss kind of about the era of the 90s, is the movies such as That Thing You Do 
would not, and this is, I'm talking about pre-COVID or even post-COVID, movies like that thing you do wouldn't be released, I don't think, in 3,000 theaters over the U.S. I think it'd be one of those movies that an Amazon, a Hulu, a Netflix buys and then release, and it's streamed. And it still helps with the popularity, but there's to me, there's still something about a movie that goes out into the theater gets watched by lots of people, gets that buzz and it becomes like a VOD that that you want. I feel like we don't have those movies as much anymore, but it's still fun to know that, that those do exist out there, that they are not going to have like the biggest, um, the biggest box office draw, but are still going to be insanely successful and still talked about 25 years later. Sure. Um, So speaking of the movie, let's get into the movie real quick. I guess we'll just kind of run through. Sure. What like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this so similar to rewatchables. I feel like that's where we're going with this. I don't want to, but what does that um, mean? What is rewatch? Rewatchables. The other, the, have you ever heard of the rewatchables podcast? Mm -mm. Are you serious? I don't, I do not listen to anything. I have a seventh month old child. (laughs) I found, (laughs) I found the hour and a half that I could carve out to rewatch this movie. Like, let me explain is the, 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 like the very, max of attention span that I have at this point for stuff like that. And sometimes I just skip to the end and you tell me what your score is and I'll tell you whether I'm going to watch the rest of your review or not. (laughs) That's one way to do it. That's actually really smart. You get there a lot of content that way. Yeah. Uh, So the movie, uh, obviously it starts off. One of the things that really always that I, that I noticed this time around watching it is just how they want you to know you are in 1964 the cars, the lights, the set, everything. It's just sure. It's so cool. I, it would be so much fun. It we we recently went to um recently went to Universal Studios in Florida and we stayed at this resort that was basically that's what when we walked in, I looked around, I was like this is exactly what that thing you do look like. That's cool. It was very cool. It's just it's so trippy. It's just so so much fun. So it's a coming of age story, right? Right. But for a band and it's the process that they would have gone through back in the day, grassroots to where they eventually end up on like an Ed Sullivan or like nowadays, like a, you know, tonight show or whatever. Right. Like, right. And it's that rise and how they go about doing that. It's one of those movies that, you know, the beginning, the middle and the end before it even starts. Right. Yeah, sure. But that begs the question, if you know what's going to happen, what what scene in particular in this movie do you if it's on? I know everyone pretty much streams these days and when like goes through cable, but like I have Hulu Live and every once in a while I will stop on a movie just to see where it's at and see if I can. Oh, this movie's on whatever. If that's on, if that thing you do is on, let's say like Encore or Stars Encore or whatever, you click on it. What scene are you like just hoping and showing? So my favorite scenes, honestly, in this movie are the negotiation scenes. So the first one when they're in the trailer and then the second one when they're in the Chinese restaurant. Really? Those two scenes? Yeah, because it's like that's those are where the decisions are made that leads them to where they are. Okay. The music is good as a given, right? Like the music has to be good for them to move up. So I'm not like worried about like the talent show. I mean, the talent show is hilarious, right? Right. But like for me, it's the building blocks that I'm interested in, I guess. And like, how do how does these how do these four idiots essentially rise? And it's because of the decisions. And at every point, it's guy that moves that needle, right? Like he's the one that's approached 
every single time because they recognize in him the ability to make like good decisions. Right. And not not to move too far ahead towards the end of the movie, but as many times as I've seen this movie, I never really paid close attention. But you're right. It is Guy along the way. And there's a scene in there where Liv Tyler's character, Faye, says, you know, none of this would have happened if it hadn't been for you. Yep. And I mean that in a good way. And yeah. it's true. Like, it's I true. never, it just didn't click. I'm one of those people that watches a movie at a certain time, like, if I watch a movie at the age of 25, I'm going to view it differently than at the age of 35. I mean, you should, right? Right. And yeah. at 25, up until maybe, oh, well, let's, you know, I'm seeing between now and then, but like, I would just like, oh, is she talking about like the love story or is she talking about, oh no, she's talking about the, the, the band and how they're, where they're at in general, not necessarily just one specific thing, but so yours are the negotiations. Mine, I guess this kind of goes back to how I think you view this movie as a comedy. I view it more as a musical you're picking a scene that's doesn't have the song in it, and I'm picking the scene that to me is the best part. Oh, of I know, the song. I know what scene you're talking about. I know what scene. You're Which talking about. one? You're talking about the the uh, party going on with Tom. No, Hanks. okay. Oh, you're uh, not. We're, we're gonna get okay. to that. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay my okay, my favorite scene, a little sequence, is it's when when Faye is mailing her deals, and the song comes on, and it gets me every single time. The first time I saw this movie, and even last night when I rewatched it, is. The gradual build of the volume of the mm. song throughout the scene. Sure. It just brings like so much depth and emotion to this sure. scene that they've 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 made it. Yeah. Like I know some people will never understand how big a deal it is for a song to be played on the radio. But for like us growing up, if a song was on the radio, sure. Oh my god. So if you can imagine if you are a actual like you're a musician and your song gets played, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. Re- ridiculous like there's there's so so many less barriers to being discovered as an artist nowadays because you have so many mediums to post your content whereas before the only way that you could be discovered is if somebody played your song on the radio like that's it there's no other way to do it back in the day it's crazy and now people can just like upload youtube soundcloud and all these different deals and and all of a sudden somebody it like goes viral and like everybody knows who you are but before the only way to do it was through the radio Right. It still brings chills to me. Just how excited there. There just seems like some genuine excitement. And, you know, you see it with the dad, the family. I mean, even the mom and, you know, guy's mom and guy's sister are like excited. And (laughs) the dad. God, we got to talk about the dad. The dad's awesome. We obviously know what happens. They break up at the end. Guy gets girl Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. I think one of the great things about Tom Hanks being in a movie in which he's directing is the fact that he guy is the reason why everything happens, but the movie moves along because of Tom Hanks, his character because of Mr. White, mm-hmm. but it's, but the movie is not about him. No, no, at no, all. And, and some of my favorite scenes are him in there. And I think at the end when they do the breakup and he's like, Tom Hanks is so like on a dime can turn it from oh my you're in, God, breach, of, that, you're in yeah. breach of contract. And and he knew exactly what he was doing. He was just fucking with him so hard. But like he just wanted to see the reaction and he got the exact reaction he wanted. And he's like, oh, I'm just messing with you. Yeah. You're like no one's going to, to prison. But you have to get out of the hotel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> one hit wonders. And it's yeah. like, wow. it's, an, it's an old tale. The other question I was going to have about like scene wise was like what scenes are important. So you, I, the movie. yeah, so for me, my, my my favorite scene in the whole movie is the Ed Sullivan's show and just the excitement of his dad, because that's always been 
he's always been super stoic the entire time. Even when the song was playing on the radio, he had like the little like dad chuckle. Oh, look at my son. He did something kind of cool, but not really embracing it, obviously, right. because when they go on tour, he's so angry. He's like, yeah, bang on. Like, you know, <laughs> go on, bang on your bong. Yeah, yeah, all night. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your brother has left us in the lurch. Darlene, <laughs> you're getting a promotion. Does that mean I'm getting paid? Nah, I didn't go that far. Like, <laughs> But like that scene where they're playing and afterwards he has on sunglasses and he's banging the two like, I guess, salad tossers or whatever. Right, yeah, the, the wooden spoons. Yeah, thinking he's, that he's just like he's fully embraced that like he's proud of what his son's done. And that's just such a like, I think for a son, especially because it's obvious throughout the whole movie that like guy really wants to make his dad happy. He just can't do it because he's not wired that way to be a salesman or an entrepreneur or like he's an artist like in his heart of hearts guy patterson's an artist right he can sit there and cook the books but he's never gonna remember to turn off the lights because he doesn't care about the lights like <laughs> he just wants everybody to go home so he can go downstairs and unsheathe his drum kit listen to jazz and just play along with it because he's an artist and like his dad's embraced like this is who my son is and he's really good at what he does and i thought that was like really poignant at that moment but I think that's one of the things that holds up about this movie is at the end of the day, it's not really talked about the whole father son dynamic, but you can, if you follow along, you can kind of see that that's the dynamic they have. He wants to please his dad. His dad's like, you're going to take over the family business son, that kind of deal. And then he's like, makes it on his own. And the dad's super proud about that. And yeah. his dad wants to be proud of him too. He just doesn't know like how, and he wants it a certain way. But like at the end, he can embrace like, oh, my son's talented in a different way than I expected or kind of wanted. What else holds up about this movie? Like it's been 25 years and I I thought the movie held up extremely well. See, and I think the main thing with it is that the movie doesn't use like gimmicks or anything like that because gimmicks are come in and out of fashion, right? Like, again, I think it goes back to the idea like it's a simplistic movie. It's not complicated. The characters don't change very much right no. throughout the whole movie but it, they stay true to their character and like i think that's what makes it hold up is like you believe that these are real people the whole movie right i don't know i mean to me that just that that that's just what makes it hold up is like the idea that it's just like kids and they have different goals but in the end they can come together and do this one thing that's really great like when he's talking to del pax and he's like are y'all good and he's like man we got something like, I mean, it's true. You know what I mean? Like the four of those guys together, like really did some like amazing things. But it, it teaches the lesson and you can kind of see it in Dell's eyes. He's like, you're young kid. Yeah. Yep. Some, how long y'all been together? Two months. That's I've been on bands where that's two months too long. Yep. And it's one of those things where you're, you know, you think you're riding high or you think that, oh, we've got this and it's a very humbling experience and everything just kind of just falls apart because essentially that's what happens is, yeah, you know, your plan's falling apart, I, guy. <laughs> yeah, I can take that for my own life. Like, like so um, for those of you who don't know, I'm a teacher and like I'll, I teach high school and like I'll walk around and you just hear like these kids like, oh my God, I love him so much. Like he's my everything. He's my boo. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, oh guys, it's just never going to last. Just study some math and like, I swear this is going to be more important than your stupid boo. Like, <laughs> So like, 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 oh my God, Mr. De I can't even study right now because my boyfriend's mad at me. And I'm like, nobody cares about your boyfriend and you won't care about him in a month. Just do my work, please. Like, 
But you only learn that as you get older. And sure. I think that's and one of the things that holds up well is that that le- that telling lesson of as easy as it comes, as easy it can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for them, it came really easy and it went really fast. I mean, obviously, one of the things that holds up still to this day, and I'm not going to lie, it's on my Spotify playlist, is is that thing you do. The song is just so good. That's what I'm saying. Like, for a movie to be based around one song, the song has to be good. Like, it just has to be good. So you know who wrote the song, right? Yes, I did. So I looked that up because I like that's one of the things like that song, uh, the Christmas song in like um, uh, Love Actually. Like you're always curious, like, are these real songs or are these just songs that somebody made up? Right? Right, 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 right. So I looked up like the origins of it. And yeah, the guy from Fountains of Wayne wrote it. The yeah. basis, not even like, yeah. Was it was like, the basis or was it? It's it, it said the basis on whatever site I looked at. I always thought it was. And maybe I'm wrong, and someone can correct us. Whatever. I thought it was Adam Schlesinger. Yes, and it said the basis of. Is he the basis? Oh, that's what it said. He was the lead singer for some reason, or maybe he does both. I don't know. Yeah, you could be a basis and lead singer. That's rare, but I guess it's a real thing. Sorry, the only I'm I'm not gonna lie. The only Fountains of Wayne song I know is Stacy's mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, rest in peace. By the way, he was one of those that. Oh really? Yeah. So, not fun fact, but fact. uh, Yeah. He passed away from COVID. Sad fact, sure. Uh, odd fact: Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson, who's also in this movie, Marguerite, mm-hmm. and him all had it like relatively at the same time. Obviously, oh. Tom and Rita made it through. Yeah. Uh, Adam unfortunately did not. Yeah. But yeah, I thought. But in reading that too, Stacy's mom is so fucking catchy to sure. this I mean, day. You can't even like. Oh my gosh! Like you can't even exactly like. Two bars of that. Again, same thing. Two bars of that. And you're like, that's Stacy's mom. Right. You yeah. know it. And it's yeah. when you hear like the the beginning of the yeah. uh, on the kit, you just hear on the trap yeah. set like doom. You just know yeah. that's that thing you do. Yeah. Um, held up really well. Uh, well, I had one more interesting fact. A couple deleted scenes in this okay. movie. I've never seen them. Sure. Okay. If I told you that there's a deleted scene where Mr. White, Tom Hanks, the character, has a love interest please don't finish that sentence why just go ahead but don't who would you think it would be don't tell me Faye. no okay then i don't care what you say after that so this is a deleted scene it's when um guy is driven driven back to the hotel after okay 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 and there's a man waiting for mr white do you know what man that was or which man oh you ever heard this story no, hold on. Give me a sec. So it's a guy. It's a guy. Okay, hold on. Let me think. Uh, it was one of those things that was always talked, or it was kind of like whispered about, but it wasn't actually like thrown out there. Was it Mr. White's actually gay? The best part is who the who the, the guy is. Is it the first manager? No. Who is it? <laughs> He's completely edited out of the movie, but it's Howie Long. Oh my gosh. That's first awesome. movie of the 90s. And he got cut. Oh, man. That's awesome. I thought that was so funny. I was like, wow, Howie Long. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. The real star of Broken Arrow. Don't let anybody tell you. Broken Arrow is a good movie. (laughs) Sure. 96. Who knows? Might happen. Who knows? The scene's up on YouTube. You can see it. I can kind of see where why they would edit it out because it just kind of. It doesn't seem to fit. Right. And it doesn't flow as well. Well, I think the main thing that you brought up is this movie's not about Mr. White. No, it's not. Right. Right. So that's just too much backstory for a character that's like in the shadows but like you know is like controlling a lot of stuff but still in the shadows so the right. movie's not about him so that kind of makes sense why I, it was a good edit out yeah um, that, that's interesting though it just it just makes it 
all that better. So with that being said, uh, since he's not, since he's not actually in the movie, he's only in the director's cut. Mm-hmm. I he would have been my nominee for the, that guy because you would have been at first. You would have been like, think about it. It's ninety six. Howie Long has already done playing. Mm-hmm. He's been mm-hmm. retired. I think he's probably with Fox. I don't. I don't think he was on Fox yet. Right? He like, was he okay. Was, I, I, I don't know. 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 But I'm pretty sure I would have been like that guy. Somebody he looks familiar. He would have been okay. that guy. So okay. we can't use him in every movie, especially this movie. There's always like a that guy. And there's I know so we, many. There's right. so many in this movie. But which is the one that just like you're. So for me, it was the first manager because he's like in Apollo 13. He's in Armageddon. Right. He always plays that like clerical like <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, for me, I was like, this dude's been in a lot of movies. I don't know who he is, and I don't know what, like, what specifically, but I looked him up, like, oh, yeah, he's in all this stuff. I think the definition of that guy is if you know him, and you're like, oh, he's in this, this, and you can name, like, three movies, but you yeah. don't know the guy's yeah, actual yeah. name. I, I, I knew he was in Armageddon, because all I could think of, whoever hits 800 feet first wins. Like, that's... That's yeah. such a good line from that yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he's just trying to break it down for these freaking morons. Like, right. dude, just hit 800 feet. They're like, oh, okay, that's yeah, I can do that. <laughs> whoever hits first wins. Yeah, <laughs> wins. Like, we okay. keep it simple at NASA. Yeah, or exactly. Like I, I, I got it. Um... I have a bone to pick with you. Uh, sure. This is this was actually one of our more popular little awards we gave away last year. The Tobey Maguire Award is back. And to remind everybody, the Tobey Maguire Award is the uh, award for the worst acting performance in the movie that we're talking about. You go ahead with yours first. Okay. So, and I'll say this, it's predicated on the fact that I think the roles in this movie are acted really well, right? Like, right. Like we've talked about Steve Zahn, right? We've talked about Jimmy plays the the asshole like really well. Tom Hanks is always phenomenal, right? Like honestly, my two choices were between Liv Tyler and Tom Everett Scott. What? Yeah, I mean, what? And Tom Everett Scott plays his character well, I think, but I just don't know. It's it it seemed flatter than everybody else's performance. I don't know. To be fair, it was his first movie ever. Yeah, I, I don't think it was a terrible performance because I don't think in this movie I could point to someone and be like, they suck. That was not a good performance. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. He definitely like and maybe that's what that he was going for in the sense that like he's the reluctant hero. Yeah. So he okay. plays it a little flatter. But that's what I went with. I don't know. I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah. Mine hasn't wavered in 25 years. Sure. Mine's the MC from the talent show. It is wicked. It is so wicked. That guy. The, oh, the wait. the O'Neaters. That guy. Wait, wait. You talking about the talent show guy? The talent show. The the college talent show. <laughs> Not the heckler. The one who's yeah, heckling. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, but that's what I loved about that is if you were like, hey, man, there's a talent show MC that's in Podunk, Erie, Indiana. What is he gonna be like? That's that guy. He literally just wants to be a stand-up comedian. He pulls out a joke. The worst joke ever. The worst joke ever. But that's what it is. Like it's so fucking bad. Dude, I'm sorry. It's so cringy. For me, exactly. For me, the college MC or whatever, the talent show MC guy is exactly what he should be. Just a terrible comedian. I don't know. He hit the mark for me on that. I, but it is absolutely cringy. I just man, every time, every time I'm like, oh god. This guy yeah, again. Exactly. And you know it's coming and it's just But that's still, but that's his job. <laughs> oh, I, I can't do it. I hate okay, that guy. That's fair. I, I'm just being I Toby Maguire award to me. If I can't find someone who's done a, a horrible acting job, I'm just gonna pick the person I hate the or but I that, hate but, the most. But that's why, because in this movie, I feel like the cast did such a good job. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Liv Liv Tyler, I don't think is ever like 
she like she was also kind of flat but again i think that was what she was going for maybe like the kind of doted doty eye like i'm in love with this guy like i'll take a back seat every day of the week like i'll put my entire life on hold and like but like i don't know their performances to me were just like yeah new one i want to add and we'll see if this one sticks or not the alex caruso award mm-hmm. if you don't know who alex caruso is just google him but we do just, because we're aggies and that's yeah. about it and we're Lakers fans, or at least I am. You are. I'm not. <laughs> but sure. I've seen. I mean, the fact that Alex Caruso has had any impact on the NBA. Like, thank you, Luke Walton. <laughs> we've had we've had some really mediocre basketball players come through AM's basketball program. And for that to be the guy like that has come out of that basketball program. Like, I'll tell you this. AC Law <laughs> has made my life at college tenfold better because right. of what he did on our team. But when my when before. my friend was like, "Hey, AC Law's going in the lottery. Is that where he should go?" I'm like, "You are out of your mind!" Like, <laughs> and I love AC Law. He's such a good guy. But like, to go to the NBA is just a different level. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, you know, can't like, shoot a knuckleball in the, in the he NBA. Beat, <laughs> he beat Kevin Durant's Texas team. Like, do you remember he that? Did. That was amazing. Like, I love AC Law, man. But like, when they asked me, should he go in the top 13 picks? I'm like, you are nuts. Good job, Hawks. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, Gave us some cred. Who you got? Heat check. Just like just I mean, crushing on, it. I mean, Steve's on absolutely crush his role, right? Like, oh, absolutely. There isn't a moment in that movie where you're like, man, you're just like, I can't wait for this guy to be back on screen. The, just the little subtle things that I'm thirsty, you know, yeah, yeah. never too early for one of these or or like when he's when he, when they're having the meeting on the plane and Tom Hanks is like, all right, everybody get out of my face. I want to go to sleep now. And he sits next to him and opens up <laughs> the hard candy. And Tom's like, give me that paper. And then he gives it to him. And then he t- puts the hard candy in his mouth and he starts crunching. And Tom Hanks looks like he's about to punch him. <laughs> and then there's a scene that absolutely makes no sense as to why it's in the movie other than it's just let Steve Zahn cook, yeah. which is when he's playing go fish with the two old men. Oh, my God. And he's like, got to be quick. I'm from Erie, PA. Like, I, yeah, exactly. Like, the amount of times when I rewatched this recently, I was just like, how does this man get in this situation where he gets into a go fish game with two old men? Like, how does Sitting even... in the middle. Exactly. <laughs> He's just like, hey, old man, you want to play golden fish? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. Like, how does that even happen? Yeah. Gotta be quick. Gotta be Steve's on. Yeah. I'm, 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 I look back at his IMDb. He's had a great career. Sure. Steve's on, Steve's on, he's done some, he's always the, the funny guy, the guy that's going to bring a little bit of, um, zaniness, right, to the part. Even, even in a serious movie like Rescue Dawn, mm-hmm. he's in that movie with Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, um, out of sight. He's that, I mean, he's just the funny guy, Saving Silverman. He's, he's one of my, he's one of my, I wouldn't say he's one of my guys, but he's always like a fun hang. Sure. Alonzo Harris Award, Best Acted Scene. I think you already went with um Again, my, my favorite acted scene was the the Ed's like the the family in the in in the room. They're all excited and yelling, and somehow Giovanni Rabisi apparently is has to be dating the daughter. Like <laughs> right. how does this man get in inside the house to eat dinner? And he's like and he says something to the dad, and the dad's like, oh my god, that's hilarious. Like, <laughs> um I would I wouldn't say it's the best. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I no, don't no, know. No, 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 the best act, like, I mean. No, I know. And that's what I'm saying. I don't, and again, I think maybe it's the simplicity of the movie, but I can't point to too many scenes where I'm like, the acting in this is like, because it, it's all believable, sure. But it, in terms of acting chops, there isn't much fodder, I would say. Right. 
and I'm not gonna okay so if this was if this was a scene if this was a movie that had like a scene with like Daniel Day Lewis and it was just like one of those that you're like oh yeah. my god yeah I yeah. would pick a scene like that I want to say the best acted scene like just from a, like a technical acting standpoint I think it's when um Giovanni Ribisi and Ethan Embry are jumping <laughs> the uh the parking meters because mm-hmm. it looks like it looks like Giovanni's doing it absolutely like with at ease mm-hmm. and you could tell I I if I had he was to put te- money he on was, it he was teaching how to do it right if I had yeah. to put money on it I would say Ethan Embry's never attempted that in no. his life because no. he either that or that man sold no, it I, as I mean, completely I'm, I'm, apprehensive I, as he I was think, to I, do it I think I think that was the point of the, the scene right like like the experts the one like how many times that happened where they're like here let me show you how to do this and you just completely mess it up <laughs> oh guys I think Chad broke his arm yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh that one's fun. The Mark Wahlberg Award. We're not changing it. Mark Wahlberg gave an absolute career performance in Three Kings. And so the best acting performance. I mean, I think I think we're I think we're on the same page here. Yeah, I mean, but that's unfair, right? Oh, it is. Like it's it's you're sending in a man to do a boy's job. Or right. is that right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Tom Hanks by far. Sure. You look at him in this movie and I'm, this is going to be kind of a weird kind of take on it. He's not the best looking guy in the movie. No, he's not the star of the movie, but he has the movie star moment of this movie. And it's at one, it's in the middle of they're playing. Um, yeah, yeah. This is, this is what we're talking about with me. Yeah. This is what we we're talking about earlier. Or this and, is what I thought you were talking about earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're playing dance with me mm-hmm. and then they're all singing and then it gets to like the little beat drop kind of. Yeah. 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 The beat drop of the sixties. Right. And yeah. the, the fist pump. Yeah. He's like, he, I crushed this. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. I found them. Yep. I've cultivated them. This is my thing. I'm on top of the world and it's just like, boom, fist pump. And it's, and it sells because it's Tom Hanks and you believe that's exactly how he would do it, how he would look doing it. And you're like, that's so freaking cool. That's the that's the like three seconds of the movie where the movie's about him, right? And no longer about the band because he because the whole time like you, you're focusing on the band and what he's doing for the band, but in that moment you know that oh it's it's really about him and that's where he lets down the the facade and he's like no this is about me too. Yeah. And you know what? Now that you say that, it makes a hell of a lot more sense as to why they cut out the scene with him and Howie Long because that that scene is all about him. I don't think that that the fist pump scene is as effective yeah. if you see a hap- if you have another scene like that coming later where you're sure. like, Oh, this is about, you don't want to, you want to know less about him. Right. Right. You want to know less about like, what, what's his first name? Yeah. I don't even know. I, I, I want to say it, they call it, him it, Mr. White the whole time. Right, right? It's Mr. White the entire time. I think his name is Andy because I think, uh, Not really, I wouldn't have even guessed that. I, I think they, I think the, uh, the, the Playtone guy, uh, I'm just gonna call him Mo Green because that's Mo Green from, yeah. Saul Mo Green from the Godfather. Yeah. Uh, he, I think he says Andy out loud. I think that's who he's calling. Oh, uh, okay. When he's choking on his deli sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> let's get a deli. Yeah, let's get a deli, guys. Do you have any issues with this movie? I mean, honestly, no. I mean, like, because again, I think you have to take it for face value. It's just a fun little movie. Like, what, what, what part of this movie are you taking super serious? Right? Like, I don't know. Here's here's a little issue that I have. It's not an issue. I should rephrase that. This is more like kind of a hot take. Sure. Every time I see this movie, I start to wonder if that thing you do is actually the best song in the movie. 
That's fair. But but I think that's a exposure thing. So you may be right, but at the same time, if you played any of those other songs as often as you did that thing you do, they would lose luster. They would. It's just so refreshing to hear a new song. Yeah. Little Wild One's so good. Yeah, but like if but it could not be played continuously throughout the entire movie and keep up. All right, I'll just do it. You can make fun of me all you want. It's like Goo Goo Dolls Dizzy Up the Girl album. <laughs> Sure. I love Google Dolls. It doesn't is Iris really the best song on that album? No, but it's the most played. Sure. But Slide. Slide is fantastic. Slide is fantastic. Black Balloon. Black Balloon. You know what I mean? Was like, name on that? Was name on no, that? No, name was on uh, uh I love a boy name. named Goo. Okay, that's my that's one of my favorite Google Dolls. So nerds. I know we're gonna get shit for that. The, the writing is great. There's some memorable quotes. Give me like a couple of your favorite. One of my favorite scenes is obviously when they're coming up with a band name. Oh, <laughs> Jimmy just can't get off of puns, right? So home dude's like, hey man, what about the Corvettes? And he's like, you mean the Cord Vets? And he's like, no, just like the car, the Cord, the Corvettes. And he's like, but what about Cord? <laughs> it's just like, like Cord's just, in our music. Yeah, he just can't get off the pun thing or like the herds. I keep coming back to the herds, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he finally got his wish too at the very end at the exactly. post credit deal. <laughs> exactly. Jimmy and the herdsmen. <laughs> that was so awesome. Good for him, man. I'm glad he's happy somewhere. You know what I mean? He was looking for something and his current situation just wasn't giving it to him. I also love uh, Tom Hanks just continue like, hey, did I ever tell you look good in red? Or hey, did yeah. I you look good in gold? Because that's his job. His job is to build them up. And it's just like so evident that that's what he's doing. And they they still, obviously they still enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wonder what happened to the Oneaters. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is just confusing. We're going to change O-N-E to just wonders. W He's like, like I wonder what happened to the Oneaters. The word is out on you, Oneaters. Hey, that's Onetters. That's another girl that's fun. Yeah. Um, a man in a really nice camper wants to put our song on the radio. <laughs> Give me a pass. I'm signing. You're signing. We're all signing. We're all signing. Exactly like that. Uh, quote. I am Spartacus. Like when 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 uh when uh Steve Zahn's like, how did we get here? Like that's such a good line. Oh yeah, because I led you here. I'm, I'm Spartacus. Spartacus. Yeah. And then the other one that I found really funny. So you, it's funny how you mentioned that you think you're like um, Guy Patterson. And a piece of me definitely saw you like when Guy Patterson just like geeking out to all these like musicians. Like if you ever met like real actors in real life, you would literally be like that. Oh, yeah. like at the end when he's um, when uh, he's just jamming by himself after Jimmy quits and he's just in the studio by himself. And then Del Paxton walks in. He's like, hey, can I jam with you? And he's like, you want to jam with me? And then he's like, yeah, so-and-so. Like, He's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm recording in Studio C with so-and-so. And he's like, can he come too? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, instead of just enjoying the moment, he's like, dude, let's get more of these people that I love in here with that. That's me. Yeah, I thought that was. And that's why I put that on there, because that reminded me of something that you would do. Yeah. If I saw George Clooney, I'd be like, is Brad near? Is Brad, is, and George's like, man, fuck you. I'm yeah. George Clooney, dude. Like, come on. Is that not, Am I not enough? God damn. OK, fine. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Exactly. Exactly. And Dell's like, how about let's just keep this a duo. <laughs> but I thought that was another funny, a funny little thing. Two of mine real quick. Um. I just love the way Steve Zahn says Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. Oh, my gosh. And so Tom good. Hanks' face when he says that. He's like, shut up. Hey, and you know what? Fun fact. I know all the kids are saying it these days, but when they say nowadays when people are like, oh, that's wild. When Is that kids say? I don't think so, dude. I don't know what kids you're talking to, but my kids don't say that. <laughs> okay, maybe it's. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. 
maybe say that's wild. Maybe it's that's your kid because you say that all the time. (laughs) True. (laughs) But Clint Howard, the DJ, oh he's like talking about he's like Del Paxton. We played that in the high school band, and he's like, "That's wild." I was like, "Oh look." I have that too. He's like, we're pretty wild and eerie. And then Steve's on like, one time we stayed out past midnight. <laughs> Last one. Uh, another Steve's on one is when he's like, uh, when he's getting interviewed and he's like, oh, I got a pig over in competition. Oh I'm my gonna God. Get that blue, blue, blue ribbon. ribbon. <laughs> that was so and then it just goes straight into, come on. It just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So good. Oh. And it's him singing it, which is even better, right? Right. Like, it's his joke leading into him singing like this really amazing song. Well, okay, so I probably should have said this in the interesting facts. I watched a little bit of like a documentary on the making of this movie. Okay. So before they ever got the script, once they got cast, the four guys, you had uh, Jonathan, Ethan, Steve, and Tom. Tom Hanks was like, you're going to, if you don't know how to play music, or if you don't know how to play your instrument. Instrument, you're going to learn. Right, you're going to learn. So they for like two months, they rehearsed and practiced and sang. That's another good thing about this longevity it's so distracting in movies when you're watching somebody play something or do something and they obviously can't do right. it. Right. Oh, it's annoying. Like a sports shit. movie or a music movie where you're watching them swing a baseball bat or swing a golf club and you're like, they don't know how to do that. Like, that's what made Tin Cup good. Like, Kevin Costner looked like, I mean, he probably plays golf and he looked like he was, like, he could be a golfer, right? Like, It's just so distracting when they obviously don't know how to do it. Like when Freddie Prince Jr. in Summer Catch is throwing a baseball, like that dude's never thrown a baseball his entire life. Yeah. A lot of baseball movies where you're watching pitchers pitch and you're like, that is not how you throw a baseball. I might not be able to do better, but I've definitely seen people do it better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, they rehearsed together at their first table reading right when it got to their first performance. They came, Jonathan and the rest of the guys went out and they bought matching suits. They played as a band for the entire oh, cast. Cool. To where the entire cast was like, oh, this is, oh, this is for real. Yeah. Like, like y'all are playing and singing it and adds, doing it. It, it definitely adds like a level of like, it, what it does is it doesn't take you out of the story. Tom Everett's got to remember him talking about this movie. And he's like, yeah, I practiced the drums a lot. And it's but, obvious because he's playing on beat. And like you said, it's not complicated, but it's just. He does it correctly, which is right. important. And let me tell you, someone who's quote unquote classically trained on how to play percussion, how to play the drums, he plays it pretty well. I mean, it's not easy to pick up. Ryan's classically trained, y'all. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> he is. For I've, I've, heard, I've heard him play. Oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> that Carolina crown boy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to play traditional, play on an on, on a actual like set, like it is, it's not easy. And as fast as he picked it up, you know, you got to have rhythm. You got to, you know, you just have to be able to play. And you are the heartbeat of a band. The band goes with you. So we got pretty much all of our quotes out of the way. One of the last questions I have for you. Should we have gotten a sequel? No, no. Would you have liked to have seen Jimmy become the leader of Jimmy and the Herdsman? No, no. See, I agree. I don't think this movie needed a sequel. I think it was no. perfect the way it is. It sure. was a one-hit wonder. It's And that's like, exactly. They told the story they wanted to tell. And I think what's great about movies like this where they kind of leave it the way it is, is it's now your story and you can imagine it how you want. Right. Like the idea of imagining Jimmy starting a band and calling it Jimmy and the Herdsman is fantastic. And you have your version. I have my version. 
and it's and it's fantastic. And again, what's great is this movie wasn't so popular that they had to make a sequel, right? Because they would have if they if it would have killed it. It would have been. It would have been Sandlot too. Oh, God. don't even get me started. Don't. That's one of my all time favorite movies. And oh, the original. I was like, Come oh, on. for sure. Okay, no, I was no. like, wait, fucking Sandlot too. Okay. Any final thoughts on this epic '96 movie? I, I, you you phrase it in a way like I never thought of this movie as a musical, but it is a musical in in a lot of ways, right? Like it is a musical. It's not structured like most musicals where the music necessarily emotionalizes the moment in the second because mm-hmm. a lot of musicals does do that, right? Like whatever their the characters are feeling, it's expressed through music. Some of the scenes were obviously like with the um come on like you know what i mean like they're right. they're starting the precipice up so that was a thing i don't know it's just a great movie like it's rewatchable it's relatable it's fun it doesn't take itself too seriously like that's kind of refreshing nowadays because everything has to have meaning everything has to have like a deep a deeper message like i don't know this is a pretty great debut film as a director for tom hanks you're gonna tell a complete story there's no real room that we're gonna add like we don't need a sequel we don't need a pre well you know a prequel or anything like that like we don't really need any of that as as kind of what the the trend is to do now yeah it's really freaking funny yeah i mean mean, it really is like it's a good package just easy watch and it's just one that i just have fun with every single time there aren't enough movies nowadays that I think are just lighthearted and like it. It's a serious. It's serious, but it doesn't take itself too serious. There you go. That's the main thing. I think I was telling you the other day, like I was watching Down Periscope. Yeah, another movie that like has some great lessons is funny, but doesn't take itself seriously at all. And what's funny is like most of the time, so it's on YouTube for free, right? Uh-huh. So I was reading some of the comments, and every comment was. I worked on a boat. I was a, a Navy guy. This is exactly what a boat's like. Crimson Tide, Hunt for Red right. October. They're like, all those movies are bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> Down Periscope. Yeah, Down Perfect. Periscope is exact. Kelsey Grammer is this dude that I worked with. <laughs> and and the gambling guy is this dude I worked with. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's what life is. Life is for the most part, right? Like, they're obviously, everybody has serious moments in their life. Right. Right. Yeah. But for a lot of people, a lot of the moments are like light and filled with brevity and like just, you know. Yeah. And, in, know. A, in a movie like this and a movie like Down Periscope puts those out there for you to just enjoy. Enjoy. Exactly. That's the main thing is it, it, it's a movie that you can watch and enjoy. Soak up with what they're putting down. Right. Like, um, Rating. So real quick, we're going to keep the same rating system to be consistent from last season to this season. So. We have a four-point system. We're going to give it a one if it's something we wouldn't rewatch or recommend. A two means we'd maybe rewatch but wouldn't recommend, or you could you wouldn't rewatch it, but you would recommend it. A three is a rewatch and recommend if asked about the movie specifically. A four is rewatch and provide unsolicited recommendation. I could probably guess that we're about the same on this. I don't know. It depends on what you say. This movie's a four. You would rewatch it. And you would provide unsolicited recommendations. See, so to me, so I, I, again, avid listener of the fun of the fun table. And for me, the rating system is like, this is where I have an issue is like, I have, and maybe this is just me as a person. I have never given unsolicited like (laughs) 
advice in my life. I've never been like, hey, don't listen to what you're saying. I got this other thing for you. (laughs) But that's just me. I don't know. For me, I mean, again, for me to be a four, I don't know what level of movie I have to watch to be a four. But like if somebody's like, hey, what's a really good uh, movie that's about music and about fun? I might be like, yeah, that thing you do. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know. Oh, my God. You're killing me. If somebody's like, hey, man, what's a really good movie? That thing you do is up there. But like, I don't know. To me, it's just not on the top of my brain in terms of that. But to me, there's very few. There's very few. So we're going to piss off Antonio and make Amanda Amanda happy. We'll do it. You want to give it a decimal point? You want to give it a 3.5? He's not He's not a fan of the decimal point? I hit, You know what? I don't think he is a fan of the decimal point. That's fine. I mean, and that's fair. No, that's fair. but Amanda is. Jen is. You know what? I'm just going to speak for us. Sorry, dude. I'm going to I'm going to do it. I guess I am just too lenient. I'm going to give it a 4. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't fault you for that at all. I just to me, the unsolicited part is like that's just not in my personality ever. Like <laughs> So, Brian will not be giving a 4 to any movie. A 4 is like Sandlot. Search- oh, Search for Bobby Fisher? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh my god. Bring him out. Bring him out. <laughs> Don't move it. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Lord Fishburne. Oh, my God. He's trapping him. I taught him that. And Ben <laughs> Kingsley's like, shut the hell. You taught him what? <laughs> dude, I, dude, that's a good movie. Oh, my God. I love that movie. Search for Bobby. I mean, I, oh, yeah. It's a good one. That's I've, a good I've one. made the family watch that one before, and I got more uh, excited than they did, which is Sure, of scary. course. I mean, why, who wants to watch a movie about chess? But now with Queen's Gambit, who knows? Right? Right? Dude, Crazy. I downloaded an app called chess.com and um, they have puzzles every day. They put you in a situation and you have to figure out the the correct move. Nah, that shit's too hard for me. Dude, I love it, man. It's like a puzzle. I'm at like a 70% and it's like every time good? I get it wrong, I'm like, are you insane? And then they showed me the move. I'm like, oh yeah, that's better. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Exactly. I made the wrong move. <laughs> uh, recommendation. Got a recommendation that goes along with this movie? Um... What do you have? You tell me what you have and then maybe. The first movie that came to mind when I was thinking about, is this the most musical, non-musical ever? Mm -hmm. A few years later, like five years later, it came out and this movie, people hated this movie. I like it. To me, it's an easy watch. And I'm not saying this because it has Mark Wahlberg in it, but Rockstar is really kind of very similar. That's the movie where... Rockstar. Rockstars with Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Aniston. Okay. They go to a, a concert for a band called Steel Dragon. It's a fictional band. Okay. And the lead singer notices him in the crowd. He can belt out freaking notes. And then the lead singer just winds up quitting. And they get this guy to fill in. And he's really? the new lead singer. So it's like and Invincible, it, but with rock music. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Well, that just shot my recommendation. <laughs> no, it's shit. fine, dude. No, Invincible's a good movie. Don't, no, don't I, put I mean, I'm just saying like the, uh, <laughs> the comparison, like, wow, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> but it's it's kind of one of those, like, it came not necessarily easy, but it was uh, like, it was a, not necessarily a one-hit wonder, but it was like a one-summer wonder kind of thing. Thinking about, th- when I was honestly thinking about movies that I would compare this to, and this is not even close to the same genre of comedy, um, Almost Famous? Yeah. Following a band, right? This is a different. This is obviously a different, like trajectory. It doesn't really come from the beginning to the end. It's a different. It's a different shift in focus. Right. It's a different vibe, but ultimately, it's a different vibe. It's yeah. movie and music. Yeah. 
man, that scene on Almost Famous is fantastic. I watch that once a month. One of the best scenes in the 90s. Do you want to do a little FMK? Sure. Did you All see right. my, my suggestions? Oh, we're going to go with your suggestions. I didn't want to do an FMK with Tom Everett Scott or with Jimmy. Because I didn't fair. feel like it, I, it. It didn't feel right, right? Well, not Jim. I mean, Jimmy, no. That's just. Yeah, but those are the main characters, right? And usually right. that's how you FMK, right? Like you go with like some main characters. So I went with. So first of all, I thought about females. So Liv Tyler, obviously. Charlize Theron and Rita Wilson. Ooh. Because Rita Wilson throws a wrench in the whole. It does. Dude, Rita Wilson in this movie. Like. She's hot. Tom Hanks. Well done, sir. So if I had to ask you. Liv Tyler, Charlize Theron, Rita Wilson. You got to fuck one, marry one, kill one, go. So honestly, like this was tough. And because it's just her character, I picked F, Charlize Theron. Okay. Kill Liv Tyler and marry Rita Wilson. Because you know Rita Wilson <laughs> will take care of you. Because look at her. Marguerite. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You, you convinced me. I was going to swap Rita Wilson and, and Charlize. But no, that makes sense. Yeah. She would. Okay, well, rapid fire on this one. Steve Zahn, the bass player, Tom Hanks. You got to fuck one, marry one, kill one, go. F Steve Zahn, because, dude, Steve Zahn's hilarious. There's nothing I love than some humor in bed. <laughs> and you know, as soon as he does that, he's going to take you to Vegas. Exactly. <laughs> like, you got a couple hundo for the craps table? Like, I'm out, dude. Dude, $200 in yeah. 1964? Dude, oh that's, my like God. A, that's like a million now. Don't change. <laughs> like, what? The bass player is gone. He like yeah. he's too dreamy. He's too love, and you know Tom Hanks will take care of you. <laughs> like, Agreed. I love and apparently it. now I know that I'm his type. You are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. I think we touched on everything, man. Sure, man. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm a I'm a longtime listener. Like one of my favorite things ever was just going on a walk for like 30 minutes at a time and listening to half of a show. And then going on another walk and walk, listening to the other half of the show. So this is this is an absolute thrill to be on this podcast, man. Well, like, uh, we're happy. I'm happy. We're all happy. Everyone, we all seem to vibe really, really well. I'll edit that. That sounded like so stupid. It sounded really cheesy, dude. Sorry. No, it's all right, dude. Dude, listen. You always you always be you, man. That's at the end of the day, right? Like, yeah. hey, what's the name of this movie? That thing you do. That's right. Don't be anything but what you are, man. Like, you know what I mean? If you're going to be, che if you're cheesy, just be a little cheesy. It's okay, man. Don't nah. be ashamed of who you are. Now nah, I got to leave that in here.